Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. We're at the Greater Niagara Show. We've got an opportunity to talk to a lot of different folks. Today we're talking to Russell Gahagan from the Real Shot Sheboygan. Russell, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Russell, we wanted to talk to you about a number of things today, but let's start with custom tackle. That's something that you're well known for. Tell me how you got started in doing that. Well, I've been a uh avid salmon fisherman my whole life. My dad's been a charter captain for 38 years. So um, kind of grew up in the business, being a first mate, um, always was competitive, wanted to catch more fish than the other boats. Um, so one of the things we used to do when I was a kid a lot was, uh, you know, tinker with spoons and things like that, putting our own tapes on them and things to try and have something different, have an advantage over the other guys. Um, so back in 2005, which hard to believe it's 15 years ago now, um, I sort of changed the game of, of fishing tackle for salmon fishing by starting a company called Custom Fishing Products. And I had an idea where you could purchase a flasher online. Um, salmon trolling flashers is one of the most popular uh, things people use. Um, and you could purchase this flasher online and then select different tape options to basically be able to make your own custom flasher. Um, tons of patterns that weren't available at that time, mix and match, you know, blue on the front, white on the back, whatever basically your heart desired that you thought would work. Um, and through that, I also started to develop specific patterns um, that I thought would work or we tested and did work. And, you know, that has sort of spiraled over the years to, you um, Five years later or so, I gave up that business and sort of put Michigan Stinger in position. Um, they started a relationship with Pro Troll at that time where they were customizing Pro Troll's flashers and selling them under the brand of Michigan Stinger. I had put that deal together um, at that time and they've sold hundreds of thousands of flashers um, across the Great Lakes over the course of the last 10 years. Um, and basically, it, it, they're all custom designed flashers. Um, and in those flashers they've sold I've developed quite a few of those over the years just again through ideas testing um, taking one and modifying it a little bit and then and then seeing it you know how good it really works um, and for me the custom thing is such a big deal because I've always being so competitive and fishing tournaments over the years you're always looking for an advantage and the way I looked at it is you might get into a group of 40, 50, 60 boats on a Saturday morning, all fishing the same school of fish, right? And if everybody's trolling over them with the same gear, um, you're gonna catch the hot ones right away, the ones that are active and feeding. Everybody gets a few, but then after that, you know, those fish have been caught and the other fish that didn't bite originally, they looked at that gear and didn't bite for a reason. So if you've got something different you can pull through there now that not everybody else has, I always felt like that was a big advantage. And, and I think statistically and, and results-wise in tournament fishing for me, um, you know, it's shown. And also by sales, you know, whenever we, we go to shows or events or things, uh, you know, our custom stuff that we make um, sells out first right away. Awesome. And how, how does that testing process, how does that work? Well, basically we just, you know, I come up with the idea and then I've got um, employees at my store that are also first mates, have my dad who's a charter captain. Um, my dad's out 
as much or more than anybody on the lake. He runs about 250 half-day trips a year. That's a five-hour charter. So he's out, you know, 250 times. So, you know, I get those guys some samples of something that I dream up, or, or for that matter, some of the some of the patterns the guys dreamed up in the shop. You know, they took that blank flasher and, you know, put some tape on it and said, this looks good, went and ran it and it worked. And then, you know, we throw a name on it and, and start running it and selling it. And I can't tell you, I mean, over the course of time, how many hundreds of patterns we developed in that store in Sheboygan. Um, you know, and every year the manufacturers, some of the most popular manufacturers like Stinger and Dreamweaver and Pro King, they'll come out with three, four new colors. And if you pay attention every year, one or two of those, or sometimes three, will be our custom from the year before. You know, we had it as a custom, now they make it a stock color. And that, that's been a continuing trend, which just proves that the stuff we're making is good stuff. What happens if it doesn't work? Well, there's going to be a percentage of that. Yeah, no, there's a, there is. So um, if we test it and it doesn't work, well, then we just never make it in production. If it worked for us in testing and then it doesn't work overall, um, you know, it's like anything else, right? I mean, a guy will buy six colors and maybe four of them are great, two of them, you know, they don't see the light of day after a trip or two. But the good news is, unlike a lot of things or a lot of companies or whatever, we really do test it. So I don't put anything... You know, I don't send any ideas to, to a manufacturer and or if it's a product we're making in-house, we don't even make it for the public sale unless I'm confident it's gonna sell um, and, and work. So um, that's the biggest advantage. We're not gonna hand anything to the customer that we really don't truly believe is gonna be good. Awesome. When you're out there, you're testing this new stuff, how rewarding is it for you to, to build these things and, and have them catch fish? Unbelievable. Probably one of the most things I'm I'm the most proud of in this industry is whenever I go to a show or an event around the salmon fishing world, um, people from all over will walk up to me. Saw three people at the casino buffet last night. I mean, they'll walk up to me and, and shake my hand and say, I can't tell you how many you know fish you've helped me caught with your online videos or your custom baits or whatever. Um, I have no idea how many fish we've been responsible for putting in the, in the cooler with you know different designs and things we've done, but it's a lot. And I'm really happy that we've been able to do that. And a lot of guys are, are catching fish and enjoying fishing maybe a little bit more because uh, we've been putting that work in to do that. What are some things you're looking for when you're coming up with your designs? I What's that process like to build a design? So the big thing is, you know, you, you, you go on the trend. So, you know, about five, six years ago, we figured out this new tape called UV tape worked. Um, so then we, you know, we ran with it and we, we started doing tons of patterns with this, this different kinds of UV tape on flashers, on spoons. Um, and basically, you know, we, we, what I try to do generally is take something that's really good and then tweak it to make another version of it. Because sometimes they want green, sometimes they want yellow, sometimes they want blue. But if you can figure out an overall concept um, and then make it in green, blue, and yellow, that's been successful for me. So, you know, I'll just give you a, an example. A, a bait that we've made in a couple different companies is called a Chin Music. Um, we've made that in green and yellow and blue, and we've sold and, and it's done real well in green and yellow and blue. And sometimes it's the green one, sometimes it's the blue one um, that they want. But that's really where I think we've figured out something there where you know we take something that's really good and then we tweak it a little bit to make three, four different versions of it. Um, and all of them are really, really good. Because if you, if you go too you know, off the wall, then most of the time it's not, it's not real good. Mm -hmm. What's your process? How many of these do you make every year? How many new designs come, do you come out with? So what I try to usually do is come out with, at the beginning of the year, 
we'll come out with ones that we've tested last year, usually somewhere between six and 10 total patterns. And that might be spread apart between spoons and flashers and flies. Um, and then through the year, we'll probably do another, you know, six to 12. So about two dozen maybe over the course of a season spread out between spoons, flies, and flashers. Um, and a lot of times the spoons and, and flashers might correlate too. We might make it in a spoon and a flasher because they, you know, they fish similar. Flies is kind of a, a different animal. Um, so we treat that a little bit differently, but uh, you got to keep changing with the time too. I mean, when you find something that works, like I said, we aren't using the same sort of color patterns and tapes and things that we used when I was a kid. Um, not saying that that won't work, Guys will, guys will come in the store all the time and say, well, the baits I bought 20 years ago, they'll still work. Yeah, they will, but the stuff that we've made now works better. I mean, we're just confident it's better than what we had before. Just like the trucks you buy now are, are you know, they're better built than the ones that were before. As technology continues, um, you know, through time, we're able to build things better, more inexpensive, whatever the case may be. And you guys are in Sheboygan, so you're on Lake Michigan. Yeah. You've got a, a fishery there that's pretty diverse and with a lot of different target species. What's it like for you testing out on that lake? Yeah, so you know, being right on the lake, like I said, helps having these connections with not only myself, but other guys. And then I, I, I know guys obviously all the way to Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, um, the Michigan side of Michigan. So the other thing I like to do is spread that stuff out. So you know, we won't just test something out of Sheboygan only. We'll start it there, of course, but we, we will make sure that it works in other places because I don't want to sell something that just works in one small region either. We want it for the most part to be pretty global, work on multiple lakes, multiple conditions. Um, but in today's world, I mean, we love catching all five of the salmon trout species on Lake Michigan, but to be quite frank, people don't drive hours to come catch rainbow trout. They'll catch them if they're there and they'll be happy to catch them. They drive there to catch king salmon. So most of the gear we design, we try to design towards catching king salmon. And you know, it'll catch other things as well. Um, cohos, rainbows, lake trout, brown trout. Um, but most of the stuff we design, we design towards king salmon. Um, you know, with a few uh, obvious uh, you know, differences. We, we do we do have quite a few custom stuff for lake trout because there's some areas in, on Lake Michigan that are just premier lake trout fishing. Um, so we've, we've created some custom stuff, some silver horde trash can dodgers and things that uh, we have patterns that you can't get anywhere else um, that really, really will help you catch more lake trout faster, bigger than, than the guys around you. I want to talk to you about tournament angling, but before yeah. we do that, is there something about this custom stuff that I haven't asked you about that you want to touch on? Um, well, I think the biggest thing for people to understand is, you know, the guys maybe that are buying from us really do know and understand that it makes a big difference. Um, if you haven't bought a lot of custom or, or different stuff, um, give it a try because I think a lot of guys go, ah, you know, I'll buy the regular one or the stock one. I, I don't need a custom one. Uh, there's a reason why custom crankbaits have gotten to be as big as they are. I mean, anybody that fishes in the walleye industry knows that uh, you go to any show now or on the internet and there's hundreds of painters, thousands of different colors and everybody's buying them. And it's not because they don't catch more fish than the other stuff. If they didn't, the guys wouldn't pay more money for it. Um, custom stuff definitely helps. I'm not saying that you won't catch it on the stock items. Um, and, and a lot of these colors, we're not even charging more money for. They're just, you know, custom or exclusive to our store initially. Um, so it's not like it's even a greater expense. Uh, seek out that stuff, uh, maybe even not just from us, but you know, there's other stores that'll have an exclusive or a custom color. Seek those things 
things out if you want to try and catch more fish. Put your eggs in those baskets and, and make sure you got a good variety of that, that special stuff. Tell me about your tournament background. Yeah, so I started fishing uh, tournaments basically when I was a young kid with my dad a little bit. Um, traveled around the Midwest fishing the MWC walleye circuit with my dad, and then I've been fishing Lake Michigan tournaments since the early 2000. Um, I was uh, on the Salmon Showdown TV show that ran for seven years. I think we were on there five or six years. We had a very successful run. Uh, they have a championship they had at that time when they ran it every year that the final four boats made. Um, we, we were the only team ever to go four straight years to that. And, and being that we're on the Wisconsin side, there's only one, and some years there was two Wisconsin tournaments. We had to run across the lake and fish a couple tournaments to be able to compete in this points deal where you fish four events. Um, so for me, I'm very proud of that because there were a lot of guys that didn't have to travel very far to fish and, and collect their points and could use, you know, their local information and things like that. And for us, I mean, we had to go across the lake um, multiple times to have success and, and we did. And um, I, I, at one time I looked, I think I've won 12 or 13 times on the tournament trail out of fishing probably less than 50 events. Percentage wise, you know, we've been, we've been as good as it gets. How is the strategy different when you go out to fish in a tournament compared to, hey, I'm going to go out on a Saturday and go fishing? Um, for me, not much anymore because I've, I've trained myself that way. But for the average guy, the big thing is, you know, we're specifically trying to target the biggest fish possible for that time period. Um, most of the time, that's going to be king salmon. Uh, if they're not available, sometimes it might be lake trout. And then, you know, if it's just totally a poor bite you might be looking for anything um, but really the biggest thing in tournament fishing 100% no doubt is decision making and I, I for whatever reason uh, you know have a knack for that um, I've made some poor ones um, but I've made some really good ones and basically knowing when to switch spots um, switch baits uh, change speeds um, do all those different kinds of things uh, or what spot to start in the morning um, almost all the tournaments that I fish uh, and that's why I don't fish as many as I used to because I got kids now that are getting big and doing sports and things. Um, I, I don't like to fish a tournament if I can't pre-fish for five days. To me, if you're gonna put, if you're gonna try to be successful, you gotta put the time in. Um, so I need to go somewhere and, and pre-fish for five days and then do the tournament. Um, and when we pre-fish, you know, that's something that I learned young from my dad. Uh, number one, I never go back to the same spot more than once you know i never go somewhere more than once pre-fishing it's a big mistake guys will make um, i see young anglers and or inexperienced anglers all the time they'll find fish on day one or two of pre-fish and they'll camp out there and never leave well every fish that you catch prior to that tournament more than likely you're never going to see in that tournament you're just plucking them out not only are you plucking them out and not going to see them in the tournament but you're catching them on your gear that you probably would have caught that exact bait that exact color that exact speed it liked it um so that that was always a big thing for me we, we never went back to the same spot pre-fishing um, which makes it the decisions hard because if day two you find a magical spot you now fish three more days and you got to make that decision did the conditions change are those fish gone are they there um, that's a very, very tough thing, but I think over the course of time, um, it's been very, it's been very good to me because we've saved really good spots without pulling a lot of fish out of them. And I also, I wasn't afraid to catch a couple and leave either. It wasn't like we'd camp out there all day and pull 20 fish out of it. Um, so that, that definitely is a big thing. Um, the other thing is whenever I go to a new area or, or for that matter, an area that it's not my local spot, um, 
you can do so much of your homework nowadays before you even leave. And that was my thing. So I, I'd spend a lot of time, a lot, uh, the week or two prior to the event, searching the internet, looking at fish reports, fishing forums, um, Facebook, you know, whatever tool you can use, call the local bait shops, pull out all the stops to try to get every piece of information I could before I got there. Not so much so I'd have a perceived notion of how to fish, but just an understanding of what's going on, what's being caught, uh, what is the size that's being caught? What is the general area guys are fishing? Because those answer a bunch of questions for me. If, if the guys say, yeah, there's quite a bit of king salmon being caught, the average size is 15 pounds, I know when I get there, I better look for king salmon because they're abundant and we're looking for 15 plus pounders. So now you got kind of an idea when you do find a spot, how good is this spot? Um, if you don't have any idea how good the fishing is for anybody else, it's really hard to gauge. You know, am I the only guy cracking them? Usually not, but am I? Uh, do I find a magical spot or does, is everybody else getting them too? So. How has tournament fishing made your everyday fishing now better? Probably hurts it a little bit because as I said before, I have a problem turning the turning the heat down now. You know, I mean, I go out every morning when I, or every time I go out, I go out in the morning or afternoon and I, I automatically want to catch the most, the biggest, yada, yada. But um, the, the biggest thing is, you know, that drive uh, to, to never accept you know, less than the best I can do. Sometimes the best I can do is middle of the pack. Um, you know, a couple of years, we have an event in Sheboygan called the Sheboygan Salmon Cup. I won it, um, I think first four years we had it. And then I, I had a couple tough years and then I won it uh, a couple of years ago and then I won it this year. So I won it six times out of 11. And, but that goes to show you, you know, four times in a row we, we dominated that thing. And then I went three, four years, you know, third, fourth, second, sixth, you know, we got beat and we got beat pretty good. And then, you know, then I sort of had a couple of years again where, where it was good and, and made the right decisions and, and went to the right spot this particular year. Uh, literally one decision was the difference in the tournament. Everybody was struggling. Uh, we made a decision to to slide in a little bit, just on a hunch. Everybody was working the same area. I wanted to get out of the traffic a little bit. Um, knew a couple guys had, had sort of trolled towards the harbor at the end of their charters and gotten a bite or two. And I decided to get out of the traffic and work that area that hadn't been worked yet. And we were able to pull a couple of fish that made all the difference. What do you think happened the four years that you didn't win? Um, I think two things. Number one, when you have a lot of success, you tend to not want to do things that got you there. Um, we got stuck in a little bit of a rut. You know, we thought we, we no matter what we did, it would be right type of thing. Um, you got to stay sharp. But then second of all, um, you know, it is so hard to win a tournament. I don't care if it's bass, walleye, salmon, whatever. The competition level's high. Um, and and when, you're, when you're me, I've, over the course of the last 10 years, especially with the store, I've shared everything. I don't know anything in my brain um, for salmon fishing that I haven't shared over the internet, um, seminars. So the skill level of the local guys and even the guys that, you know, watch my YouTube videos or whatever has gone from here to way up here so that, you know, the competition got sharper because when I won the, that first salmon cup back in 2010, we had just opened the store. I was probably better than most of those other guys significantly. Um, I'd been fishing in tournaments a long time. You know, I developed a lot of this new stuff, custom lures, different things. I was way ahead of the curve. Well, we won a few times, shared all this information. Those guys bought all this gear from me and they caught up. And all of a sudden they were there, they were right there. They were as good as I was. Um, so now it becomes, you know, 
there's no advantage, you know. Uh, you're not the golfer hitting at 350 off the tee and everybody else is hitting at 300. You know, everybody's hitting at 350 now. So now you gotta be sharp. You gotta put it in the fairway and you can't miss your putts. And, and that's that's what happened. So we hit a, a point there where, you know, there was a little more luck involved because everybody was on a, an equal playing field. And then, you know, I think these last few years, again, I've developed a few things. Um, a few concepts which I have shared, but I developed them, and uh, that's made the difference for us because we've been able to kind of get ahead of that curve again. You say we. How did you build your team? Well, I've gone through a couple different teams over the course of time, and um, mainly just because life, you know. Uh, like I said, now I'm kind of a uh, part-time tournament guy. Um, I fished with, started fishing with relatives, my cousins. Um, we had great success. Um, then he got his own boat and I started fishing with a group of all captains. We had great success. <clears throat> and then uh, and then we split um, into a couple of teams and I fished with uh, a mix of family and, and good, good fishermen. We had success and then just last year, um, my business partner and myself and my daughter who actually has fished the entire time with me, um, since she's been four, she's 11 now. Uh, she's been on the cover of the Tournament Trail magazine and stuff. I mean, she is a fisherman. Uh, she's fishing the entire time. So she fished this last year with me, my business partner, and uh, and just a friend. So it was just four of us. Um, and, you know, that's not easy. You start getting a couple of fish on at a time. I think we had a couple of doubles. And, you know, you got somebody steering the boat and boat traffic. You got an 11-year-old on the rod. You got me or the other gentleman on a rod and somebody on the net. You know, there's a lot going on back there, but uh, I would take her any chance I got um, against anybody. She's she's literally, she's solid and, you know, it's, she loves it too. So that's what's important. What goes into a good teammate for tournament angling? You gotta know your role. There's definitely roles, right? So, um, you know, I will say since the beginning, I've sort of been the, the captain, so to say, as decision maker. Um, Having a good team is guys that understand their role, they're happy with their role, just like any team, basketball, football, whatever, um, and they do their best at their role. You start getting guys that all wanna do the same thing, that's when you have issues. Um, so like this last year, this team we had, you know, uh, Jim, who, who owned the boat and drove the boat, his job was to keep us on the fish, he did a phenomenal job, didn't worry about anything we did on the back deck. Um, Lily, my daughter, she reels the fish in, that's what her job is, she does a great job. I make the decisions on what we're gonna do, where we're gonna go, what where we're gonna put stuff. And, and my buddy Matt that fished with us, um, you know, he was the basically the second hand. You know, he, he um, made sure everything was where it was supposed to be. He did a great job organizing stuff. So when we'd make a decision to switch something or do something different, it was right here, grab it in the water. Um, and that's something I didn't mention before in terms of fishing that's really important is, is just being prepared. Uh, not only do you do your homework ahead of time, but have all your stuff ready, have it in good shape, have it accessible. Um, when you have an eight hour period, five minutes is a long time. It doesn't seem like it, but it makes a big difference. If you can get that rod, you're gonna switch a rod out, switch a bait out. If you can do that five minutes quicker somehow, um, that five minutes can be the difference between a fish and not a fish. Um, over the course of 20 years of fishing tournaments, 25 years, whatever it's been, five or 10 times we've caught our, our winning fish in the last 15 minutes. If you if we would have bummed one of those five minutes earlier or five minutes before that, um, screwing around doing something else, we don't get that fish with time to go. Sure. You know, there's something I haven't asked you about tournament angling that you want to get into. Um, I would say the biggest thing I I, I want to really stress to people is if you want to become a better angler. I think tournaments is one of the best ways to do that. Um, and, and there's all levels of tournaments. You can fish an amateur side, a pro side, 
a derby. You know, I'm not saying you have to go in and spend, you know, $1,000 entry tournament to begin with, but tournaments definitely push passion, push drive. Nobody likes coming in getting beat. And that's what drove me the worst. I mean, like I said before, and I mean it, I mean, I've had a lot of success, but I've lost a lot too, more than I've won. Um, as I said before, I've won 13, 14 times, whatever it is, fished 40 some tournaments on just a tournament trail. Um, so we've lost more than we've won by, by quite a bit. Um, so to do that, um, you know, it, it sends you to a new level, which makes you pay attention to things you don't pay attention to. Um, it, it makes you push that drive, that want, that will more than you did before, put more energy and effort into it. And naturally, you're just gonna become way better at what you're trying to be good at um, than you would if you didn't have that driving force. I think it also, just being around all these people and seeing how everybody, everyone else does things really helps a lot too. I've fished a few ice fishing tournaments and just seeing how everyone else sets up their gear and how everybody does things makes you just more efficient and makes you better. Absolutely, and I was gonna say, one of the things my dad, um, when we fished a Masters Wall Ice Circuit when I was a kid and you know, 12 to 16, 18 years old, he used to call me the sponge because when we'd get in at the end of the day, we'd go to the hotel, you know, there'd be 30 guys there, 40 guys there, whatever, at that same hotel as us. And, you know, he'd go in and and whatever, watch TV, relax. And, and I'd bounce from boat to boat and they're not going to tell me anything serious. But I was a kid and once in a while they'd give me a, a, you know, a good tip or a good piece of information. And that's sort of always been my thing is I've, I've never been the type of guy that was like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I don't need any help. I'll take it from anybody. Even today, if somebody's willing to tell me something or share something with me or, or suggest something, I absolutely will, will take that to heart. Um, so being big enough um, to be willing to take advice from someone, or like you said, pay attention to what everybody else is doing um, is really important because you can learn so much and you take a little here, a little there, a little there, a little there, and you end up making your program, as I call it, you know, the way you run your boat with the rods and the gear and all that, your way, but you took a little bit from a bunch of really good guys mm -hmm. and that creates this really awesome, um, you know, program that you can have success with in tournaments. Great stuff, Russell. If people want to get a hold of you to learn from you or to check out some of your, your custom tackle, how do they find you? Well, they can find our tackle on the internet at the uh, www.therealshot.com. Um, they can call our Sheboygan store at 920-395-2079. Um, and also, I would definitely suggest checking out um, YouTube. And all you got to do basically is type in my name, Russell Gahagan, or Anglers Avenue, or The Real Shot, and you're going to see a ton of different videos come up that I've made over the years that I think help guys all over the Great Lakes catch more fish. Awesome. Thank you very much, Russell. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.